Can Michael Bandy actually crack the Chargers 53-man roster? Do they really need to keep three quarterbacks and four running backs? What do you do with Mark Webb? The cut deadline is coming, and today we're giving our final 53-man roster predictions. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now. We're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But David, the cut deadline day is Tuesday. We are going to know who is making this Chargers 53-man roster, and there's a lot of things that are up in the air at this point, including, you know, what do you do with Michael Bandy, who had a huge preseason but maybe doesn't fit the best? Do you really have to keep three quarterbacks and four running backs, even if some of those guys maybe didn't win in their, you know, competition, their battle for whatever spot that is? There's a lot of things, but I think there's a lot in the secondary as well, like what do you do with Mark Webb? How does this cornerback room play out with the injury Two other guys that are deeper on the roster in the uncertainty around J.C. Jackson. There's so much to get into, and I think the edge and linebacker and how that's all kind of mixed and match because of Kyle Van Noy is also something that's very interesting as well. But this episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive and fast and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your special offer for Lockdown listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash lockdown. That's bright.co forward slash lockdown. So, David, I think... The biggest guy, you know, we were kind of pulling for is and like didn't know if you'd make the team is Michael Bandy. So when we start on the offensive side and how we're going to build this roster out, did you find space for Michael Bandy on your final roster prediction? Daniel, I wish I did. I, I really, really do. Just looking at how Michael Bandy performed all throughout, you know, the entire offseason program, showing up OTAs, showing up in training camp, making plays left and right getting and earning the trust of his quarterbacks and his coaches. Michael Bandy has absolutely nothing to be ashamed of because he went out there and did everything he possibly could to win a roster spot. But unfortunately yeah. with the chargers, they're just, really isn't space for a sixth wide receiver. So of course my wide receivers here are Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, and Deandre Carter. And that's exactly who made my list as well, just because I think especially last year when you saw them cut Tyron Johnson and the reasoning was, you know, he doesn't bring on on special teams. We know those five guys are pretty much in stone. I'd be shocked if any of those five receivers don't make the roster. I'd be surprised at this point if Michael Bandy did, because I don't know if he showed enough on special teams as a return man, and you already have a return man in DeAndre Carter. So I don't know if it makes sense, but was a dude that absolutely earned a roster spot. Hopefully he gets that with another team because the dude can flat out get open. I just don't think the Chargers are willing to part ways with any of the other five or create an extra spot because I think they're going to keep guys at positions they don't necessarily need. And I look at quarterback and I look at running back when I come to that conclusion. We both have the same five wide receivers. We both have the same four running backs and three quarterbacks. Unfortunately, there's guys on this list that maybe didn't win their competition or their position battles right during the preseason or during training camp. And there's guys that will still end up making this roster based on what we've heard. So at quarterback, Easton Stick and Chase Daniel are probably both going to back up Justin Herbert. And at running back, 
we know the top three, right? Josh Kelly, Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, a fourth-round pick. You're not going to get rid of him. But I do end up thinking that Larry Roundtree David does make the roster, and the Chargers will go with four, especially because of the injury to Isaiah Spiller. And those, it sucks when you see someone like Michael Bandy, you know, obviously trying to keep his dreams alive and doing everything he can. And then there's other positions, though, where it's just, okay, well, team philosophy is basically going to fill this room out, seemingly. Which, you know, that's not the way it should be. I mean, the best players should earn roster spots, but unfortunately, you have this in the NFL. There is some times where tradition's going to win out, and the way that they have things constructed, you know, from the top, you know, that's that's going to happen in the vision of how the team is built. And so that's why you see a guy like Larry Roundtree make this squad when he really didn't run well enough to earn that role. I I just don't think you saw him do anything explosive or anything that said, okay, you know, that's special. That's something that is an added element to this football team. I don't think that you can see that in Larry Roundtree's game. Yeah. I think the other part of it too, is neither, you know, Letty Brown or Kevin Marks jr. Really did anything spectacular to be like, Oh, Hey, well they stole that job. It seems like more like it's just a numbers thing. And he's the guy they'd be most comfortable with. But I yeah. do think that is a spot, that running back spot specifically, David, where Brandon Steely, one thing we've heard him say throughout this offseason, especially recently, is, hey, we're watching the entire NFL. Basically, yeah. we're waiting for other guys to get cut as well, right? And when Larry Roundtree averages, you know, 2.38 yards per carry during the preseason, 13 carries for 31 yards, it's just hard to get excited about that. And it's nothing against Larry Roundtree. He was fighting an uphill battle coming into it, right? Because yeah. he also averaged 2.4 yards per carry in the last regular season. Did score a touchdown and look good near the goal line. But as far as what he brings to the table that the other running backs don't, it's hard to kind of separate him in that sense, right? And the same thing with, I would say, Easton Stick, because, I mean, I think Chase Daniel showed you, especially in that last game, why he's clear-cut number two, right? He won QB2. Absolutely. But it doesn't seem like it really matters much because Easton Stick should still make this roster as the third QB. And I think the hardest thing for me, David, is just – Yeah, I understand if you want to keep that room together for Justin Herbert, and that seems to be one of the main themes about it, right? They love that quarterback room, whatever. I don't know if Easton Stick can develop into a full-time backup quarterback that you feel great about. I think you're always kind of going to know what you're going to get with Easton Stick. And with Chase Daniel, I don't think it's super exciting, but I do think it's much more steady, right? I do think that with a competent offensive line, which he wasn't always dealing with in the preseason, he could have been better than he was for both of those guys, right? Yeah. But to me, it's just like, do you really think that Easton Stick is going to get picked up on waivers and you can't get him back on the practice squad? I just don't know how many teams are out there clamoring for someone like Easton Stick, who did struggle in a couple of the games in the preseason, did have some good moments as well. But just roster construction wise, after the COVID protocols and everything, it's just hard to understand. I just don't know why you can just come into this situation and just hand him a roster spot when you know you look at the aspirations of this team this year. They're trying to do damage. They're trying to win a lot of football games. They're trying to go to the playoffs. And the ultimate goal here, after all the moves they made, is to win a championship. And I don't know how you can justify keeping Easton Stick on the roster as a third quarterback when there are potentially other players that are going to have more playing time, more impact on the field than Easton Stick will have on the field this year. His value is something that I don't think you can really quantify with stats because he's the guy that's trying to keep your quarterback comfortable and make sure that you you know he has everything that he needs, but that's not tangible on the field where the football games are won. 
And I just don't know. I mean, Herbert always, you know, talks him up and says, you know, hey, he's showing me all these things. And maybe he is, but it's just hard to imagine with what we saw from Easton Stick that he's teaching Justin Herbert much of anything. Right. And I understand, you know, hey, how much is wide receiver six going to play if Michael Bandy makes the roster, right? That's a fair argument. And he probably wouldn't. He probably would be better off somewhere else where he'd have an easier way to find targets. But if someone gets hurt, like a DeAndre Carter, like he does seem like guy. Well, if you have him there, he is a nice replacement for it. Yeah. Maybe he's still on the tra- you know practice squad, and maybe he gets in that way. But it just seems like there are other places, positions that have more attrition that could use more of those depth pieces. There, guys, to keep at the roster to keep you know progressing their development. Yeah. But the one I think we can be happy about here, David, is we both have a fullback making the roster. We both have Xander Horvath, the mustachioed man, as the queer fullback winner of that competition. The Vikings, Xander Horvath. Yeah, I think, you know, if you just look at how Xander Horvath and Gabe Neighbors were used, you know, towards the latter end of training camp, when you see Gabe Neighbors kind of, you know, hanging out with the tight ends and you see Xander Horvath handling all of the fullback responsibilities and and really getting more of those snaps in the preseason games as well. I think the Chargers and also the way they speak about Xander Horvath, all of those elements kind of explain the reasoning why Xander Horvath is going to be your fullback on the Chargers this year. And I also think, I mean, not only does he bring more versatility because he probably could be a kind of a goal line running back if you needed him to be that, but I think he probably has way more upside on special teams as well, just as an athlete, right? And I think if you are keeping that fullback, especially a guy like Gabe Neighbors was inactive a lot last year. You want that guy to be able to come in and play a lot of special teams, kind of like Steven Anderson did last year when he was the fullback in some way, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it gets even stickier, David, when you're looking at the defensive side of things here, especially in the secondary where there's a lot of question marks and not a lot of answers. And we're going to talk about if someone like Mark Webb makes the team, how many edge rushers do the Chargers keep coming up in this draft cup when Kyle Van Noy is kind of both that and a linebacker, right? Can all of the linebackers still make the team with the uncertainty about where Kyle Van Noy is going to play? We're going to get to the bottom of it and do our final predictions on the safeties, edge rushers, linebackers, and corners coming up right after this but i do need to tell you guys about something that i had nightmares about and i really wish i had and that's bright coat jewelry insurance i really wish i had it when i had an engagement ring and i was you know sweating to bring it into disney world and hoping i didn't lose it or goofy didn't drop it or whatever bright coat is the place to go where you they will take care of you and make you feel much better about it i mean imagine this imagine you plan an elaborate proposal on the top of a waterfall and then when you pull out of the ring it slips out it goes down the waterfall and to make it even better your cousin's videotaping it right for the proposal and now it's all over the internet and now you're that guy to everyone well one thing that can make you feel a lot better is if you had brightco because for five bucks a month you can get comprehensive coverage and it won't make you take you more than two minutes to do i wish i knew about brightco because they will give you the full value of the ring that you lost or if it's stolen or whatever you will get your money back for that we all hate insurance but the guys at brightco have turned the whole experience around so it's probably the easiest thing you can do for yourself this week for that only $5, guys, you can get that comprehensive coverage. Comprehensive coverage, and all you have to do is go to bright.co slash locked on. All right, David, we talked about a lot of the guys on the offensive side. I think those are probably the most interesting offensive battles. But I think at the same time, defensively, maybe the names aren't as big, but I think there's a lot of kind of confusion as to what's going to happen there. I think for this conversation david it starts with me with the secondary because i think that the, you know with brandon staley they're all defensive backs right that's yeah. one of his things is they're all defensive backs but i mean it is safeties and corners to some extent how yeah. it's all going to shake out i'm not sure but i only had five corners david when i ended up finishing my list that made the roster and i had five safeties but the hardest one 
was Mark Webb because I just don't know. It seems like the team wants him. It seems like the team likes him. Maybe they're souring on him a little bit. But at corner, I had the guys you would expect, J.C. Jackson, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, and Jasir Taylor who comes in and is like a lock to make the team at this point as a six-round pick, which I think tells you how well he did. And then at safety, I have five guys as well, Derwin, Nazir Adderley, Alohi Gilman, who's now a lock, and he was the guy we weren't sure was going to make it at the beginning, right? JT Woods, because he's a third-round pick, and Mark Webb, just because it's like, I can't make a better argument for one of these other corners. And I also don't know how much someone like Dean Leonard or Kamon Hall, two guys who could potentially have taken that spot, I don't know how healthy they are. Yeah, and I mean, this was the one that was really, really difficult for me. Uh, You know, the between these two groups going back and forth, because Mark Webb is a guy I've been wanting to watch. (laughs) But that's the problem. He hasn't been on the field at all. You haven't seen him in any preseason games. He's been dealing with these nagging injuries pretty much the entire time he's been in the NFL. And it's like, you know, you you get this toy that you really want to play with, and then you don't get a chance to do it. It's so frustrating. So for me, this is why I really went back and forth with keeping Mark Webb on my 53 or taking him off. But I know Coach Daly really loves Mark Webb, and I think that's you know on the bottom line. And also the uncertainty about what's going to happen with Kamon Hall, because I had Kamon yeah. Hall on my original 53 because I feel like you know he's a guy that's you know has another year in the defense. He's a guy that understands, plays a lot of special teams, but he got hurt and he got a, a head injury in that last preseason game. So you don't know what's going to go on with him and you know how healthy he is. And, and you have to put that and keep that in perspective when you're trying to construct a 53 man roster. Yeah. And I think when you're talking about the secondary, there's a, also a couple of different ways that it could go. I mean, we both have it the same with those 10 dudes in the secondary, but the other thing is, is the chargers, I think still to technically put, Mark Webb on the PUP list, which would yes. mean he would have to miss the first four games of the season. Maybe they even do that with someone like Kamon Hall, right? If they're yeah. not worried about missing him for the first four weeks of the year. I think if that happens, then maybe you see one of those guys like Dean Leonard sneak in, even after yeah. struggling, if he's healthy enough. Or you see a guy like Kamon Hall make the 53-man roster if they're feeling good about where he's at after his injury in the last preseason game. Because I, I do think you could see some fluctuation in this group, even if this is the first 53-man yeah. that comes out. I, I don't think that necessarily means, hey, this is how that is going to shape up, even as early as week one. Like, even by yeah. week one against the Raiders, it could change because the J.C. Jackson thing, David, does have to play a factor in it. And I think it's just, hey, I mean, if he can't go the first week or the first two weeks, then one of these dudes is almost automatically going to get brought up one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, of course, you, you don't understand. You don't know what's going to happen with J.C. Jackson. I think there's some optimism that he's could be able to come back by week one, but you just don't know. You just don't know. And you have to plan for the unknown because, Hey, cornerbacks an extremely important position, especially yeah. in this Brandon Staley defense. So, you know, this is definitely a position group that I would look to see, you know, if the chargers find somebody that fits on their roster better, that gets cut from another team. Yeah. And last year they had six, not including Mark Webb. Technically they had seven, but they counted Mark Webb. So I had them obviously having one less than that this year. And I think there is also a lot that has to do with just, hey, you were going to use some of those safeties as well, probably up near the line of scrimmage, up near the slot as your extra defensive backs in nickel and dime situations. So I think that plays a factor. But the linebacker and edge group, David, was another really, really tough one. I think the linebacker could go a couple of different ways. Who did you have as your linebackers that you ended up with on your final 53-man prediction? 
Yeah, so looking at the the outside linebackers or the edge group, I'm including Kyle Van Noy in the outside linebacker group. I know you played a lot of inside linebackers. So you have him as an edge. Right? Yes, I yeah. have him as an edge. So I have okay. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, obvious, Chris Rumpf, and Kyle Van Noy. And then my inside linebackers, I got Kenneth Murray, I got Drew Tranquil, I got Troy Reader, and I have Nick Neiman. Those are my linebackers, my edge, and my inside linebackers. Yeah, so I mean... Kyle Van Noy is obviously the wild card here because I think you can either have, you know, you really have three edge rushers, right? If you're not counting him in that group. Yeah. And I think, it, or, you know, you have one extra linebacker in that sense, right? It's, you know, if you have five linebackers, I have five linebackers on mine, not including Kyle Van Noy. I have him as, in my edge rushers, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah. that's just who's going to make the roster. I do think, though, that having someone like Kenneth Murray back makes them feel better about, you know, having Kyle Van Noy one rush the passer more and, and do, I think what they brought him in to do more, but also makes them feel better about not having as many edge rushers. Cause I only have four. If you include Kyle Van Noy, I have three. If you're not including Kyle Van Noy, yeah. Joey Bosa, you know, Chris Rump and Khalil Mack all locks to make the roster guys like Jamal Davis, guys like a Mickey, big time practice squad candidates, right? Guys yeah. who could get picked up on waivers too, potentially. But I do have five linebackers, David, not including. And I did have Eamon making the team, mostly based on special teams. And I think when you're talking about the guys at the end of the roster, the guys who are going to fill special teams roles on coverage, especially, it's usually coming from the same groups. It's safeties, linebackers, cornerbacks, right? And yep. I think the uncertainty about who they're going to keep at cornerback made me keep an extra linebacker because I do think that, I mean, first of all, Nick Neiman was their best special teams player tackler last season right, oh, yeah. as a rookie. So I think that's what saves him. And I think with Bong, he will be a guy that can play on pretty much every special teams unit and a guy I think that they like. So for me, he ends up making it on my 53-man roster. But I think the edge, in like, it could go both ways, right? They could take one, you know, if they don't end up keeping Bong, maybe they do bring someone like Jamal Davis on or a Carlo Kemp, right? Or Mech Egg Boy, all guys who had their moments in the preseason, David. Yeah, all I think, fringe guys, right? You know, just you one, know, I think real that's, close. Those are the guys here that get left out of this, right? And there was yeah. no real linebacker, especially after Damon Lloyd got waved injured. There was no real linebacker inside off the ball linebacker that we thought could make it. But, you know, I think guys like Jamal Davis, right? Carlo Kemp, Emeka Boy, those are the guys that just miss out on this list. Yeah. And even though I thought all of them had moments, I just don't think any of them got me to the point where I, I had to keep them on the list. Yeah, that's where I was at as well. I mean, I, I definitely saw flashes. I, I liked how Jamal Davis set the edge. Felt like he was definitely a physical presence on the outside, was good in run support. Really a high-energy guy, uh, you know, a little bit raw with his pass rush moves, but sure. a, a guy that, you know, played with crazy amounts of effort. And also saw some things that I liked from Carlo Kemp as well. You know, he batted down some passes, got some pressure uh, as well. I mean, I think these guys really were close. They, they were close, but they just like you said, they didn't make themselves indispensable on this 53 man roster. And that's why they uh, are missing the cut. Yeah. That's at least how I had it. I mean, it's just, it, I, I thought at certain times, one of them was kind of going to make a run for it. And we also didn't know what was going to happen with Kenneth Murray. Right. So yeah. now with them saying, you know, Kenneth Murray's on track is already back at practice doing 11 on 11s on track to be back for the first game of the season. I don't think he starts or plays necessarily the whole game. But since he's a factor there, I do think they're going to try to use Kyle Van Noy more as that edge rusher until, you know, maybe Kenneth Murray's play. Because the other thing is, too, is Troy Reader. I think they feel really good about him. I mean, Drew He's Tranquil, been fantastic, honestly. Yeah, like, I mean, so I, I think everything I've seen good. from him. 
Yeah, and I think those guys will all be big special teams contributors as well. Oh, for you sure. Know? So I think yeah. that plays a big factor in it. But there were more decisions that had to get made, David, including Braden Fehoko. That was one of the ones where it's like, can you find room to fit Braden Fehoko in? Would the Chargers really get rid of Christian Covington after, you know, making a point to bring him back this offseason? Is Tito Abonia safe? How many tight ends will there be? Can do one of those tight ends do enough, or is Donald Parham's injury enough? to make the Chargers keep four tight ends when this final cut day happens. We're going to be getting into that. But I first have to tell you guys about my new favorite daily fantasy app, and that is Prize Picks. I mean, it's something I love, and I've already been participating. I already have many entries in already. I have entries in right now for Mike Williams having more than six and a half touchdowns. I really like that one. I have Khalil Mack more than 10.25 sacks. Those are some that I already like, but basically – with prize picks, you pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. I mean, it goes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, college football, which is already back, right? I mean, it has all those things, and I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm very excited for the season to start. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match free money to play with guys up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on if you deposit a hundred dollars price picks will give you a hundred dollars if you deposit 50 price picks will give you 50 don't forget to enter the promo code locked on for that sign up bonus on that instant deposit match up to 100 dollars. all right david well it's been tough so far i mean some guys that i didn't think should make it and made it guys that i really wanted to make it have not made it and i think that's just that's what this time of year is and we're gonna yeah. finally know and we'll be back here with our predictions right when that ends up happening but thank you guys again for making us your first listen if you guys need a second listen i have the thing for you because we have the ultimate pro football preview that's starting august 31st and eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the nfl season and the local team experts of the lockdown podcast network and the odyssey nfl insiders all in all combining for one ultimate nfl preview so make sure you check that out guys wherever you get your podcast from but i think the next most interesting conversation here david is definitely the defensive line because this is a very talented group the Chargers only kept five last year and this was a much tougher decision when the decisions are coming around this year to me Braden Fehoko did more than enough. I have six defensive linemen making it, and I have Braden Fehoko kind of sneaking his way into the back of that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Dan. I, I have uh, have six as well. Uh, obviously, it's Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Otito Abonia, Morgan Fox, Braden Fehoko, and Jerry Tillery. Although, <laughs> I will say, this is the 53-man roster that I believe the Chargers are going to do. That's our prediction. the one right. that I want the chargers to do or i want to see happen because right. personally i don't feel like i saw enough from jerry tillery to make me feel like he deserves to have a roster spot on this 53-man roster i just but at didn't least see he's it. not going into it as the starter i guess and that's, right and, that, I think, and, that's, and that's the thing that's what yeah. gives you some solace as you feel like maybe now you know that they have remodeled this defensive line room that they will put jerry tillery in the position for him to use his skill set the most effectively and that is as an interior pass rusher and not on the field nearly as much in obvious running down situations that's why you got austin johnson that's why you got sebastian joseph day that's why you keep Braden fehoko on this 53-man roster because he is the guy that has the presence on the interior he is better suited for that position i think hopefully this year they use these guys 
and put them in the best situations for them to use what skill sets they bring to the table the most. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's always what you're hoping. And I mean, Braden Fehoko still wasn't getting as many snaps as we thought he should have last year, right? And he is a guy that, like, even though I'm picking him here, I don't know if it's a lock, right? He was playing deep into, I mean, he was literally out there on the last play of the third preseason game. Yeah, But so was Christian Covington, right? So it's like you feel like it was always going to be at least one of those two guys, which makes me feel confident in Braden Fayoko. And the other reason I think he might have been out there late is because I didn't think he had the best second preseason game against the Cowboys. So I think they wanted to see him go out there, maybe improve it one more time. Sure. I thought he did enough in training camp to earn at least a strong consideration for the roster. And I don't think he did anything to lose that. I think he strengthened his case in the preseason. So I'd be surprised if Braden Fehoko doesn't make the team, but at the same time, it still doesn't feel like it's as much of a lock as it should be. And I think that's a frustrating point. David, for your offensive line, that's obviously a big question, right? The depth there is always important. Last year, they kept nine offensive linemen. This year, I think we feel a lot better about their depth. I think I like, you know, a guy like Jamari Sawyer not starting is probably the best backup offensive lineman from the past two seasons, right, already as a rookie. How many did you have making it on your team this year? Yeah, so you know we both here had nine offensive linemen, and I think this was just a group. <laughs> How do I know that? Because I know you, Dan. We mm-hmm. we've been partners for a long, long not time. Not as many tough decisions here, right? No, I mean, no, not at all. Happens. And 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 it's the the real reason here is because there there was nobody else that could push the obvious guys that you felt like were going to make it, which sure. were obviously Rashawn Slater, Matt Filer, Corey Lindsley, Zion Johnson, Trey Pipkins, Storm Norton, Brendan Hymas. Jamari Sawyer and Will Clapp. That yeah. is going to be your offensive line group. And I really don't think it was that difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think the one who would kind of probably fit in that segment before we're like, Hey, did he really kind of win his spot on the roster? It would probably be Brandon Hymas, who I think yeah. going into his second year, we're still not feeling really confident in. Right. I mean, right. the only thing we knew from last year was just that he, they didn't feel confident enough in him to put him on the field. I don't know if he did anything in training camp or the preseason that made me feel otherwise, but I do think they like keeping extra bodies there. It has been a theme so far under Brandon Staley, obviously only going into his second year. And I do think, I mean, I'm sitting here telling you, like, I mean, I, this is, I think, the most likely roster that's going to happen. I think mine is David thinks his is. Yeah. Still part of me that thinks there's going to be some surprise that nobody sees coming, like a Tyron Johnson getting cut, right? <laughs> so I think there's always that kind of wild card that could fly in. I think it's those nine offensive linemen. You know, with Will Clapp, he has guard and center flexibility, but he is the main backup guard. I think yeah. that Jamari Sawyer is that swing guard, the next one off the bench, no Sonny Calamente situation. And I think Brendan Hymas brings enough versatility that he's worth keeping around to try to, you know, have as a body that can run around and do other things, work on the scout team offense, and yeah. do all of those kind of things as well. So I think that's kind of what gets him in. We did have a difference in our tight end group, though, David, as we kind of solidify the roster here. You have four. I only have three. I did not put Hunter Camp Moyer on the list. You did. So why did you do that? Yeah. So for the hundred, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for Hunter Camp Moyer, him being my fourth tight end here, it's just uh, there's some uncertainty with Donald Parham. We just don't know how you know what his situation is. You know if he's going to be coming back in time for Week One. And you know, hey, having two tight ends active, I, I just think that's a little light. And I don't think the Chargers could really justify going into the season with only you know two healthy tight ends. Now I have him on my initial 53 men roster, but I do feel like this is another guy that is a very uh, strong candidate to be potentially replaced if the Chargers find another tight end that gets cut that they feel like would fit better than Hunter Kentmore. 
Yeah, and I mean, I don't think Gabe Neighbors is making here as a tight end, right? Even if he moved over there a little bit, I don't think you know Sage Shirai ended up getting hurt. Even though I thought he was pretty impressive early yeah. on, I don't know if I don't think he did enough. It probably was going to always come down to Cromanoak and and Hunter Campmore, Eric Cromanoak, I should say. And I almost gave it to Eric Cromanoak just because of the disgusting movie put on that safety in that last preseason. <laughs> yeah, game the head fake was 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 brilliant. Wide open on fourth yeah. down. I mean, just left the safety in the dust. And, you know, it seemed like he has pretty solid hands. I mean, Hunter Campmore, the one thing going against him, he was about to have his best game and he fumbled. Yeah, in the he last got the ball game. ripped but I don't out. Think yep. There's a ton of separation there. I mean, both of them no. seemed about the same as far as run blocking went. There wasn't one guy who I thought was, you know, dominant in that sense, which could maybe separate him in this case, because the Chargers don't really have that guy no. outside of Trey McKitty right. kind of developing into that guy. Trey McKitty's safe. Donna Barham is safe. Gerald Everett, I think, is in for the best season of his career. Yes. And I think the nice thing here, David, is that you have two weeks, right? Like yeah, until the first time. game, you know, more than two weeks from the last preseason game to when the Chargers kick off on September 11th. Hopefully yep. Donna Barham can get healthy because if he's not and we're going on mine, I mean, somebody else is going to have to kind of, you know, step up there and yeah. they're probably going to bring up a third tight end. And I think they should have a good chance at Chrome Noki and Hunter Camp Moore because the one thing is, hey, you didn't really do much in the preseason, right? right? That can kind of work in your favor to some extent because I don't think a bunch of people are lining up to go so sign one of these guys or pick them up off the waiver wire, right? So. I'm sure they'll have a backup tight end. If Donald Parham, who had a soft tissue injury that's kept him out a couple of weeks already, if he can't come back from that, then we'll see kind of what happens, right? We'll see if they end up bringing up someone else. I think that's a likely scenario if he's not able to come back. And then specialist David, we all know who's going to make it. It's going to be Josh Harris, the long snapper. It's going to be J.K. Scott, the punter. It's going to be Dustin Hopkins, the kicker. How are which you is nice, about the which is nice like because, that? hey, last year, the kicker situation was far from a you know foregone conclusion. Didn't miss a field so now there is some consistency in that room, and hopefully that bleeds over into the regular season with a much improved special teams unit. One of the hard thing is, David, is, I mean, we saw two return touchdowns, right? So I don't think that's going to yeah. make anyone feel good about the Chargers special teams unit. But I do think, at least in the case of J.K. Scott, like you see what attracted them. Oh, to yeah, him, right. Definitely. I mean, the directional punting, the getting it inside the 20, the hang time for the corner, hang yes. time number one. He has way more hang time than Ty Long. His distance is only average. I'll be the first one to admit that, right? Yeah. He's not booming 60-yard punts down the field. Most of them no. are between, you know, 40 and 45-ish yards, maybe 40 and 50 yards. Not a huge – it's weird, though. You'd think if someone could kick it that high, they could just kick it, like, a little bit farther and, like, a little bit less high. But maybe it's harder than that to be a punter in the And, NFL hey, maybe they're fan. saying, hey, I want the hang time because I want my unit to get down there and get in position. Sure. And, I mean, even on the, the touchdown they gave up, the punt return touchdown, like, it gave them enough time. Dean Leonard had a free shot at the mm -hmm. returner and just whiffed. So, I yeah. mean, it, it is – one, and, you know, some of those guys won't be out there on those actual special teams unit once the season starts. But – there's a ton of pressure on these three guys. I mean, it would have been great to see Dustin Hopkins hit that second 50-plus yard. It really would have been. In that yeah. game. I mean, I think we all would have been really happy. It's like, hey, two from two for 50-plus, I'll take that. I mean, for yes. a Chargers kicker, I mean, I'll take anything over 50% from 50-plus <laughs> yards. He's very consistent. He hits all his extra points, right? He's not giving any free points away from the most part. He's right. had game winners, and he's missed kicks in big moments. But I do think there is some stability there. And I don't think it's bad that the Chargers are going with Dustin Hopkins. I, I like that they're not on the kicker carousel right now. And hopefully he can gain confidence, right, and, and be his best self and, and be a solid foundational kicker for this team so they're not thinking about it for a while. But can't wait to react to the guys that get cut. We might be back here tomorrow talking about a bunch of guys that get cut.
just because they have to have it done by Tuesday doesn't mean they're going to wait till Tuesday. So no. you'll always be back with our reactions and everything latest from the Chargers. So make sure if you guys don't want to miss that, that you're subscribing to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also following the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. We have a huge guest coming up later on in the week. So you're definitely not going to want to miss that. David's been working hard to get this guy on the show. It's not a player, but when you're talking about Chargers football, he's definitely one of the top people you think of when it comes to that. So we're very, very excited, and hopefully we can get that done for you guys later in the week. But you can also find the show to make sure you're not missing big interviews like that wherever we post our social media. So on Twitter, it's at LockdownLAC, at LockdownChargers on Instagram, and on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. We also post it to each of our social media accounts. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. And David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. Nothing happens tomorrow. Maybe we'll do Twitter Tuesday. So we might want to follow us on Twitter just to make sure you don't miss out on that. But we'll be back with you guys with the latest reactions in the best interviews this season is coming, guys. And we can't wait to talk to you. So we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bulls.